Welcome to Cook and Politics. I'm Cass, and today is Sunday, October 2nd. So we are less, no, we're just a little tiny bit over 30 days away from the election. Yes, that's correct. It's uh, October 2nd, Sunday, 11.25 a.m. Because of the Hatch Act, I have to make sure that I record the time and the date because I'm a government employee. I'm here with Ginger Whitty. From, she's running for Missouri House District 156 in Taney County, which is Branson and the Hollister area. And before we get started, I have to tell you about Anchor, because Anchor is the platform that I use to upload my podcast. And when you're ready to start your own podcast, um, go to anchorfm.com, download the Anchor app, and you can record on your own recording device or through Anchor in themselves. You can edit it, add some music if you like, and upload it through the Anchor app, and Anchor will push your podcast out to seven different listening locations. So, when Ginger is ready to start her own podcast and share what she's doing for you in Missouri government, she can go to anchorfm.com and get started today. Now, Ginger, update us. We're here to do an update on your campaign, and you just went down to Joplin, Missouri, where you participated in Eleanor Roosevelt, day? Yes. Um, it was a, a dinner last night and um, they invited Missouri House candidates. Uh, women candidates were there. Uh, there were four from Greene County and then I was there from, you know, Taney County, the 156. So we all had the opportunity to speak and it was it was really a very lovely evening. It was nice to meet other people that are Democrats who are interested in making sure our government works for all the people. See, I'm so, so disappointed in myself now because I thought that was a day event. It's an evening event. So I could have hypothetically Kind of, sort of made it there after work yesterday. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't try because I thought it was a day event. I should have. No, it was an um, evening. Um, the dinner started at 6.30. Mm-hmm. So it was very nice. Good. Yeah. Good. good. So you met a lot of other candidates? Yes, and I have I have ties um, to like the Barry Lawrence area. I was a school counselor in Monette for several years, and then I finished my teaching career as a high school special ed teacher there. So anyway, so I saw some people I knew from Monette. And was there a theme at this event, or um, were there main talking points, or...? No, it was just just kind of an update on, on where we are with the, some of the races and stuff. So it was... It, it was really very, it was a lovely evening. So I heard your opponent had made mention of you doing a podcast. How did he word it? A podcast? I don't know. He said something about about that, but I thought. And he, like you've been on a hitting multiple podcasts. <laughs> podcast tours, but he didn't say yeah. that. Anyway. It was something to that effect. Yeah. He misrepresented my views on um, a few things, so I appreciate the opportunity for us to go over and revisit this because he actually said the exact opposite of what I believe. And one of those was on the issue of photo ID. He said that I was against it, which is ironic because I actually support it completely. And I think most of us remember back in 2016, there was a statewide initiative for uh, photo IDs. It was called Show It to Vote, and we all voted for it because I think we all believe we want only people who are registered to vote and who are citizens, legal citizens in Missouri, to be voting in our elections. I support that 100%. However, the, uh, there was a lawsuit filed against that 
the show it to vote and the courts overturned the the show it to vote. Did they? Uh, Not again. This was in 2016 oh, okay. because they deemed it unconstitutional because it violates the 24th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, which prohibits the leverage of a poll tax. And since um, state-issued IDs cost money, um, just an ID costs even $5, then that is considered a, they considered it a poll tax and you shouldn't have to pay money to vote. Okay, now can I interrupt you for a second? Uh-huh. When I spoke to our county clerk, Webster County Clerk Stan, mm -hmm. um, he said that there had been some quote-unquote, I'm doing air quotes, he said there was has been some talk about having the mobile unit come around and provide these free voter IDs for people who don't have government issued IDs. And I said, but when you say a mobile unit's coming around, it's not coming door to door. Am I correct? And he goes, No, you're yeah, that probably just parked at the end of the street. And I said, So grandma on her walker has to get down our uneven paved sidewalks mm -hmm. to get to this mobile unit mm -hmm. they still have to get to the mobile unit that's still a hindrance mm -hmm. and if right. somebody's bedridden right well but they still have the right to vote but they absolutely. are just bedridden mm -hmm. they can't get down there to get this free id and mm -hmm. then the other thing that i pointed out to him and you can correct me if you're if, if you think i'm wrong taxpayers are paying for this air quotes mm -hmm. free voter government id Mm -hmm. quote. Nothing in this world is free. Well, and that's why um, I think that so my it would still, under my opinion, count as a as a poll tax because the voters. I mean, every taxpayer has to pay for this. Exactly, correct? but it would be part of the general revenue that we already pay in taxes. They would just have to find, you know, they just have to apportion a certain amount to to go toward that. But didn't so we just have a special session um, reducing our taxes, which is our revenue. Yes, yes, we did. So that's why I think that my my idea for the photo ID might be a, a little bit more um, more cost efficient. My idea is to um, synchronize the the DMV, the Department of Motor Vehicle database, because they all have our photo IDs with the county clerk's offices because the county clerk sends out your voter registration card every year. And they could just pull your uh, photo ID from your driver's license, put it on their voter registration card, and send that to you. But that's only for drivers. Exactly. And that's what I was going to say. Um, the rest of that story is there are 275,000 people that, that won't have that. Um, and so for them, I would like for, I think that they should be allowed to come and vote. You know, they check in and they bring what they used to use to, to vote. Perhaps it was an expired um, uh, driver's license. Suppose they're 95 and they let their driver's license expire when they were 90. Well, they still have their driver's license, Maybe. but it expired. Yes, they could at least, and they still look pretty much the same. Or perhaps even like with students, um, if they went to like Missouri State or OTC, then they would have a university or a college issued photo ID, but that's no longer considered acceptable for to vote these days. But what I'm saying is that they could come, they would still check in to vote, and um, the poll pads that you check in on also have a camera. So they could be, they'd step out of line and the poll worker would then take their photo. And as well as a 
photograph of whatever identification they brought with them. So they would have two photos of them. And then they could vote provisionally, and then the county clerk's office could go through all of that and decide whether or not it would be acceptable. And if it is, then they could accept the photo, and then the next year it would be uploaded on their voter registration card. And so over the course of a couple of years, we could get most people. And, you know, I, I certainly applaud the state for going around and with these mobile units. And I know the League of Women Voters has been working. I haven't seen any. Have you? I I, have I mean, not. we're awfully close to the election. We're yes, under, we are. We vote on November 8th. Today's October 2nd. Right. So we're just like 34 days away. Yeah. 35, no, mm -hmm. 34, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's getting close. I don't see any mobile units. Cause, and I did ask Stan in Webster County. I said, Keep me updated on when these mobile units roll out. And right. I have heard crickets. Right. So, so I've heard nothing. Um, and I do think that there's been another lawsuit filed um, uh, on this was House Bill 1878. This was one of the provisions. So I don't know. But one of the good provisions of House Bill 1878 is that it allows for no excuse early voting. Um, Only start, two weeks before. Starting October 25th, yes. Right now, absentee voting is open, and it's been open since September 27th. With a medical excuse. Um, well, the excuses are that um, if you're going to be out of town, or if your work, um, if you work, well, like as a, an election worker, that's why I've always voted Or early. police or firefighter, or, which is... Or healthcare worker. Yeah, first responder, police, firefighter, healthcare worker. Um, then they can all vote early. And then there's some other, you know, if you are like homebound or you're unable to get out or if you're a caregiver for one of those people um, that's unable to make it to the polls, then you and your caregiver can both vote absentee. I'm going to vote absenteeism. I did it last year for the first time, and I'm going to do it again this year just because, and it's really kind of crazy, usually... <laughs> I leave so early for work that I'm I'm mm -hmm. sitting at the door waiting for them to open up to yes. go in and vote just so I can get it done before I go to work. Mm -hmm. But it's like I'm just going to go into my county clerk and Well, and, and I know the Taney County Clerk's office is going to be open on Saturday, November the 5th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. for early voting. Um, and as well as right now they're open 8 to 4.30, Monday through Friday, um, for absentee voting. And then after October 25th, then they will still have those hours, 8 to 4.30, but it's no excuse early voting. Um, do they still the, do the mail out? I, I failed to ask about that. Yes. Um, as a matter of fact, I met with, uh, I saw a constituent last week, and she said she mailed in her ballot last week. Monday, November the 7th, the Taney County um, Clerk's Office will actually be open until 5 o'clock also to help facilitate those who want to vote before Tuesday. But normally it's just 8 to 4.30. Do you anticipate a big turnout for the midterms? I don't know. Um, you know, I think we had maybe less than 25% turnout for the primary. Less than 25 well, I'd have to double check. I've, I've been looking at lots of voting statistics right. um, in the last day, exactly. and I and a lot of those were from 2020. I looked at their um, primary and then um, and then this year's primary, but I I don't think our voter turnout was very good. I can't imagine being a politician. I just know as my unprofessional podcasting series that I'm doing that trying to keep up with all the data is just quite daunting. It is just. And then everything that changes every day throughout the local, I mean, just every day. Mm -hmm. Like, I thought, what's today? Sunday. I thought Friday, Thursday or Friday. Gosh, see, there goes my memory. 
I thought the Springfield Newsleader said that by Friday that they should have had a ruling on this lawsuit. Oh, on the photo ID? But I, I haven't know. seen the paper today, so I don't know if they did or not. Maybe it's early next week. But they are trying to rush it through because they have to. I mean, they mm -hmm. have to. Right. The thing that you mentioned about the contract office, DMV, they are, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know if I like that idea because they're just contract offices. Well, but the, the database, but the database that all that stores all of our um, our data, it, that should be. I mean, it's it's the database that they would have access because I mean that's all stored because our. Uh, if they just sent a picture over, fine. But mm -hmm. how much information are they entitled to on, from the county clerk? That would bug me. And then I don't like the idea that they're going to scan your driver's license. I talked to Stan about that. I said no. I don't like it because I don't that barcode on the back of your driver's license. I don't know what kind of information's in there. I can assume what's on there. Well, I can tell you that that it does scan into your your voto um, your voter registration um, because that's what we use. I, I've been a poll worker for I don't know seven or eight times probably, and um, we do scan that. But it's the same barcode on the back of your. Um, voter registration card because you can use either one of those to scan the, the poll pad and your voter registration information comes up. This morning I once again saw that TV ad from our Missouri U.S. Senate nominee Eric Schmitz and he was in his backyard frying, uh, barbecuing a hamburger for mm -hmm. his family mm -hmm. and he was talking about the price of beef and blaming the inflation on the Biden administration when if you do an internet search on it, which I did this morning because I've done it prior, but I wanted to brush up on it. Wish I would have printed it out. I didn't. As far back as 2015, these meat packing places have been price gouging Americans on the price of beef, pork, chicken, eggs, milk. Wow. I didn't realize that. As far back mm -hmm. as 2015, that was... In 2020, when they started getting PPP loans, free taxpayer money from the government due to COVID, we're talking like uh, multi-millions. Mm -hmm. I, I think, if memory serves me correct, Tyson had like something like $62 million. The U.S. government sued them for price gouging, price gouging the price of beef, and they had to pay back $15 million dollars so they still walked away with what 42 million dollars of taxpayer money ouch that didn't even hurt them so they have not stopped price gouging because why would they and um yesterday on npr no yesterday was saturday friday morning on npr there was a story about the restaurant association that sued cargill over price gouging because restaurants were going out of business they couldn't pay the increased price for product, beef, pork, chicken, eggs. Due to the price gouging, they couldn't compete. And some of them were actually going out of business because their customers could not pay the higher prices for the product. So when Eric Schmitz comes out with this TV ad and he's saying that President Biden's inflation on the beef prices people can't afford to eat, it's proven that that's not on President Biden, this was pre-COVID. What are your thoughts on that, if any? Well, I I certainly noticed the increase in prices um, at the grocery store, and it has me very worried about 
our people, especially our senior citizens on fixed incomes. So I was I, I was very worried about them, and um, I think that the the House Missouri House has now finished the special session, and I think they did vote to um, reduce um, the personal income tax. Not only that, but they, I think they did away with the corporate income tax. There was um, that was one of them, uh, but it didn't. I don't believe that that one passed. We'll have to check and see because I saw I read an article yesterday about. Uh, about that because I remembered when they had put that out to stop taxing corporations, I think it was a phased-in tax or reduction of tax, then I, I don't believe that that part passed, So, but I, I haven't checked. But that would, that's a concern that, that you and I are still expected to pay income taxes, but, but cor- large corporations are not. And I think that a lot of times, you know, they say, oh, well, if you don't charge them, then they will be more likely to come to Missouri or stay in Missouri. and, and Nothing trickles down. Let's get over that. Come well, on. It, when we do see record profits um, and, and CEO salaries, then it, it doesn't feel like that that's always the best, the best uh, choice, especially because taxes are still significant for the average you know, worker. So I think that we need to look at, uh, well, I'd like to know, first of all, if we are, if the that did pass. Are you able to find that? Because I read... This is from September 29th, which was that Friday? It was Thursday. Boy, that Cody Smith. Good God. Corporate income taxes would drop from the current 4% rate to 2% over a series of years. So guess who pays the taxes if the corporations don't pay their fair share? The workers. Right. Here was the update that I was reading. It says, a day after Republicans on a House committee ballooned a $2 billion tax cut for the wealthy into an excessively massive $7.6 billion package that also sought to completely eliminate corporate income taxes, the full House of Representatives reverted the legislation back to the former version on September 29th before granting it final approval on a vote of 98 to 32 with three voting present. On a later vote of 10 to 118, the House resoundingly rejected an emergency clause that would have allowed the bill to take effect immediately upon being signed by the governor. Since the Senate approved the bill 24 to 4 a week earlier and the House ultimately made no changes, it goes to Governor Mike Parson for his consideration. However, the bill includes provisions that are beyond the scope of the governor's original special session. Since the state constitution prohibits lawmakers from enacting legislation not authorized by the governor when convened in special session, Parson later expanded his call to include the bill's extra provisions. So this will be a lawsuit? Yeah, and part of it, as I was reading on, it becomes a um, discrepancy over what one entity projects is the cost versus what another one. It says, uh, when Parson announced the special session last month, he proposed an individual income tax cut he said would cost about $700 million a year in lost revenue, although some estimates put the actual cost at more than $1 billion a year. The Senate ended up going with an even deeper income tax reduction that pushed the price tag to $2 billion, an amount close to the $2.12 billion appropriated this year for basic state funding appropriated to local public school districts. You know, I don't like paying my taxes either, but when I drive on the roads that I drive on, Mm -hmm. did I respect the taxes? So Mm -hmm. we just keep cutting taxes for the big guys, and we keep driving on one-lane bridges and pothole roads and... Yeah. And um, the reason we pay taxes is, is, is to 
make our state run. Our schools are getting just attacked in an all-out assault and just cutting our taxes, which is cutting the revenue to our state, which funds our schools, just doesn't make sense, does it? No. Am I missing something here? No, and um, I was reading a little bit more about that, and Missouri um, state funding for schools is about 40% of each school's budget, whereas in most states, the um, most states fund their state public schools at like 60% or more. What? So we make up the difference, though, in property taxes, and that's why our property taxes are so high. What did the other states do? I don't the know. The ones they, that are paying 60%. How are their property taxes? Yeah, Do they I, ha- are they paying property taxes? Well, I mean, because some so states because don't pay property taxes. Yeah, but our property taxes they do fund schools, but they also fund fire, fire, and police, police, and and it would be ambulance. interesting to know um, personal taxes. So it would be interesting to understand how they fund in other states. Yeah, people are so upset, and and I agree. Is if there's a way to keep the Missouri tax income tax that they just cut. What if you just kept that and stopped with the personal taxes? Mm-hmm. What if mm-hmm. you What if you did that? You're still giving every Missourian a, a tax break and less headache. Mm-hmm. It's one less headache. Oh yeah. It's like you pay one bill, one tax. Mm-hmm. Boom, you're done. Everything's covered, and and just do that. To me, would be if you wanted mm-hmm. to save. If you wanted to tell Missourians, hey, we're going to cut your taxes. That, to me, would be the way to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm not a politician. I haven't looked into this. This just popped into my brain, and mm-hmm. I'm spewing it out there. What are your thoughts? Well, I think that... Is that um, something that you can keep in the back of your hat yeah. when, you go, when you go up to Missouri to yes. represent Taney County? Well, yes, definitely. But I do think we need to look at um, alternative forms because I, um, I, I feel that our uh, personal property taxes can easily you know, uh, keep it's running higher and higher. Yeah. And uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I, once again, I feel the burden on, on people on fixed incomes, um, where there's only so much money and your property taxes go up X amount of dollars, you know, every few years, then they're suddenly having to choose, you know, between maybe food and, and medicine. And we don't want that. So I think that we do need to look at alternative sources of income um and well we talked about the school Mm -hmm. debacle where every resident in your county is not allowed to participate in this air quotes tax-free funding to send your children to a private or charter school right or Um, a religious there was house bill uh, 349 was passed in 2021. May 9th, and, I believe. Uh-huh. And it provides basically public funding for private schools. It's through the Empowerment Scholarship. Um, there was a caveat that it would not go into effect until school transportation budgets were fully funded. But this past year, because of our budget surplus, they did finally fund it. The so first time in 20 years. First time in 20 years. Isn't and, that ironic? Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be sarcastic, but isn't that ironic? Yeah. And um, so now um, people that are residents of communities that have 30,000 or greater population 
if they choose to send their children to private schools, they may deduct, they can make contributions to, I believe it's 5013. Yeah, it's an EAO is what they called it in the legislation, an education association organization. And um, the contribution is for um, scholarships to the private school, but then they, if they did, if they donate two thousand dollars, they can deduct one thousand dollars from their state taxes, up to fifty million dollars um, is how much could be lost from state coffers. So, the incumbent Brian Seitz co-sponsored this bill, um, not just voted for it, but he co-sponsored it. But it doesn't help any of his constituents who are it kind friends. of hurts them. Well, yeah. Uh, well, it it hurts all of them because those of us who are supporters of public schools, then there's going to be fifty could be up to fifty million dollars less in the state coffers to fund public schools. And for our friends who choose private education, they're not getting tax breaks because they can't make contributions to their um, private schools for the empowerment scholarships because. Neither Branson nor Hollister has 30,000 uh, 30, uh, population. Right. So anyway, but if so it's kind of like if I'm a, I, a select a few in the state. A, yeah. Yes. But as a, uh, as the a retired thing, teacher, I would certainly do my homework and make sure that any bill that I vote for would at least benefit some of my constituents as opposed to benefiting no one with House Bill 349. The thing that gets me is, and I asked Crystal Quaid this, the Missouri House Democrat minority leader, I said, who's going to be the police officer that's going to check? Because Nixa has 20,000 people in it, but they are, you could, they are a stone's throw away from Springfield, which has 100 plus thousand population. Mm-hmm. Therefore, Springfield can participate in this. Uh-huh. Nixa and Ozark, who are just right budding Republic, yep. Willard, are just butted up to Springfield. Mm-hmm. Literally, throw a stone, you're yep. in Springfield. Who's going to be the police to see that they are not abusing the system? I would guess, and I, I don't know, but I would guess that they would go by um, the census data and just so it's only going Who? to be updated every um, ten, you know, every ten years. I'm I saying believe that there is a list of. I, because I believe I've looked Who's at Who's going to check up on these charter schools, these private schools, these faith-based schools mm-hmm. that are registering students that are coming to their schools under this 501c3 mm-hmm. tax-abated program? Who is going to be policing these non-public schools to make sure that they are only taking students from a population of 30,000 plus? Who is going to be what? at Springfield Catholic High School saying, where do you live? Nixa, you can't participate. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Ozark, no. Sorry. You can't participate. I think that they go by um, where the, I, and I don't know this for sure, but the, the jurisdiction is where the, um, the charters or the private school resides. So they, they're not going to, and, and that would be less cumbersome certainly for them. So if it resides in, in, in a um, city with a population of 30,000 or more, then they, they don't quite get down to the level of where each of its students live. So, because like if parents... Well, that's a double unfair. Mm-hmm. That's doubly um, unfair. A, you're going to have parents abusing that system. And B, if... By the grace of God, you have somebody that's abiding by the rules and say, yes, we want your child to come to our 
Baptist school, mm-hmm. but you live in Nixas, so you don't get to use this 501c3. You have to pay full tuition. Well, actually, the Empowerment Scholarship, the way that they set it up, and I haven't reviewed this for a couple of months, but um, the first tier of scholarships go to students, I believe, that are, it's a higher percent, certain level of poverty, and they may be students, as I recall, it was students that also have an IEP, which, you know, traditionally... They have to live in a 30,000 populated town, though. Well, but I'm not sure if they have to live. I believe the school has to exist in a 30,000 population town. That's not how it was worded in the Springfield Newsletter. Okay. I'll have to pull that out. Okay. I didn't bring it with me. Usually I have it with me. So, anyway... I don't want to, I didn't want to beat that horse to death, but that is one of my big, big, big issues that I, and and I have nothing against private schools. I paid tuition for my kids to go to a faith-based school. Mm -hmm. It was my choice. Mm -hmm. It was my choice. Mm -hmm. As a parent, I simply used my earned income tax return and paid the tuition with it. My choice. Mm -hmm. It wasn't your choice, Mm -hmm. Ginger. Yeah. So why should you have to sacrifice for me to send my child there? Right. That's just how I feel about it. And I feel like a lot of people are going to abuse this system and they're going to laugh all the way to the bank. Just like a lot of people are getting caught abusing PPP loans from the COVID. mm -hmm. And they laughed all the way to the bank. But I think IRS is going to start knocking on their doors. Um, Fitzpatrick definitely said he's running for... State auditor? Is it? Scott Fitzpatrick. He's already come out and he said, you know... He said, when I get elected, if he gets elected, he, his big thing is to go after people who took out PPP loans. Yeah, and Alan Green was one of the speakers last night. No kidding, he was there. Yeah, earlier um, I heard him speak here in Springfield um, at a, a, a dinner meeting, I don't know, maybe a month ago or so. Mm-hmm. He's, he's very highly educated, and um, he's definitely well qualified for the job. So catch me up with what's going on with your campaign. Um, well... Just been knocking on lots of doors and meeting lots of people. Um, there's some volunteer opportunities that I've uh, gotten involved with. I'm really enjoying meeting all all people that I can in the 156. Some nice perks I've been uh, I've gotten to see both the the Branson and the Hollister bands, and we have amazing bands, high school bands, both of them. The Hollister Band won their, there was a festival at Ozark High School Marching Festival a few weekends ago, and they won first place in the small band category and won awards and like for maybe musician or musicality and stuff. And Hollister did? Yeah, Hollister. Um, and then, you know, um, Brains and Band is also very talented. I've been enjoying those at the Friday night football games I've been attending. So I'm uh, staying very busy. Um, it's really fun. I enjoy meeting everyone in the in the district. So you're getting out and you're meeting a lot of people. You're going to a lot of festivals, meeting a lot of people, seeing a lot of local crafts. Uh huh. And you know, and then doing, of course, door to door. So I get to have conversations with people, and it's very encouraging. So having a good time. So what kind of community events have you had locally in Branson and Taney County? Um, uh, well, in Hollister, there was the State of the Ozarks Festival, and then... There Do they have a Hooten Hollers or something? That's in Gainesville. Gainesville, okay. Mm-hmm. So, And then, of course, the, the great festival's coming up. In, in October 8th. Yeah, October the 8th. So, so I've not there. been to one of those. I can't go because I've got a conflicting app. Oh, yeah. With but I, Hartville's having one. Oh, 
Okay. So, mm-hmm. but tell me about the great the great festival. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been attending for several years, and so I'll be um, volunteer there this year. And it's it's always lots of fun, lots of um, craft vendors, and you know, great food and pretty yeah. big event. Yeah. And so anyway, I'm just out meeting people and having a good time. I think, not to change the subject, well, I'm going to change the subject and then we can get back on track. I think October 8th, there's a lot of women's march. There is. For... There's a lady last night that was For women's going, rights or... Right. And she's going to one in, the one in Washington, D.C. She's going out there, the women's rights. Um, and then, but there's one But in, statewide, there's supposed to be a big one in Kansas City, St. Louis, Jeff City. I think Tara said there's one in Rolla. Huh? I think there was. There's going to be one is there in any, Joplin. Is there nothing down in Taney County? Not to my knowledge. Well, with the the Great Festival and stuff, at the same time. Yeah. I mean, the, the national day I think is next Saturday. But there's a lot of, just lots of festivals and stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so what are your thoughts on this? Women, because of the Dodd decision, mm-hmm. they lost the right to um, their own health care for their own body. Now, then, well, then I think the that decision went back to the states, so each state can choose whether true. or not. Thank you for that correction. Yes. That is so true, and I'm so glad you brought that up because mm-hmm. I think the people who were hell bent on regulating what we can and cannot do with our bodies didn't realize how many people that they were going to upset, male and female. Mm-hmm. And so, Lindsey Graham, out of uh, where's she out of South Carolina? Yeah. He came out and said, "When the Republicans take the House back, we are gonna, we are gonna have a national ban on abortion at 15 weeks, and that, so that people were kind of like, oh, okay, 15 weeks, I can handle 15 weeks. Here's the problem with that, and I don't think a lot of people look at it this way. There are several states that just have the right to abortion. Period." Mm-hmm. No matter what, mm-hmm. if number one, if Lindsey Graham gets his way and he puts this national fifteen-week ban, that means these states cannot have carte blanche. They can't have just free access to abortion if they need it, if if a woman needs it. And a lot of people didn't look at it that way, mm-hmm. but. The people who keep their nose on this kind of said, hey, wait a minute, this is what you're going to lose if that happens. The second thing was, it's kind of ironic that the politicians that elected the Supreme Court judges who decided the Dodd decision said that it should go back to the states to make their own individual decisions. Right. But now he wants his cake and he wants to eat it too. Lindsey Graham wants to go over that Supreme Court de- decision that the states get to make their own laws, and he wants to make a federal law, a 15-week ban on abortion. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's kind of, man, politics can be such a bowl of soup, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you gotta, you got to look at all the different angles of everything because these guys can get sharky on this stuff. Well, um, I think that when we go back to what's going on in Missouri, the, the anti-abortion trigger law um, forbids abortion in Missouri for any reason, including there's no abortions even in the cases of rape or incest. And 
Um, a woman has to be experiencing a medical emergency before um, mm-hmm. an abortion can be performed, and I'm not sure that that's really what all Amer- uh, what all Missourians want because cases of rape or incest. I, I don't think that the majority of of Missourians actually want us to force you know a ten year old girl who's been raped to to bear a child. That's just that's that's cruel. That's I, I don't think that that's certainly not. Um, what about the, a 13-year-old or a 15-year-old child that's been raped? Right. Well, any woman that's been raped, I don't think, should have to bear the, the, the rapist child. Because then, are you going to expect them to co-parent with the rapist? Does the rapist have... They have rights. Yeah, father's rights. They then. do. And I, I just don't think that that woman should be punished for someone else's um, raping her, and she should be punished for the, the rest of her life. I don't. The thing that I get... And you can shut me down on this if you want to, because I can get up on my soapbox really fast over this. Is that for a male lawmaker to come out and say, even in the case of rape, that's when a man forces himself on a woman. Yes. And physically rapes her. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if she's two years old or 82 years old. Mm Mm-hmm. That's when a man forces himself on this person. And don't come back at me and say that men don't rape two-year-olds. Yes, they do. But then you get to the part where a man, a male Missouri lawmaker says, even in the case of incest, what is incest? Incest is when your grandpa, uncle, brother, a relative, cousin, mm-hmm forcibly Mm -hmm. rapes you. Mm -hmm. Incest is rape by a family member, which is disgusting. Hello, it's disgusting. Mm -hmm. And not to be um, remiss, women rape too. But the fact that a male Missouri lawmaker comes out and says that under those instances, Rape and incest. The woman is forced to carry a pregnancy that results from that act. Just makes me sick. How can you... Raping somebody is against the law. Incest is against the law. Right. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's against the law. We're still going to force you. Right. And I I think that... Well, I don't know, but I think that the majority of of Missourians, and I feel real confident that certainly the majority of of, of Americans feel that that's not where we need to be. Um, even people that are are pro life often see, you know, the hypocrisy of of basically um, ending a woman's life as she knew it by forcing her to relive the trauma of of a rape. And in many respects, I don't think it's even fair to the child being born, knowing that you were a product of rape and that the, and the man that child, who is your father is a rapist. When that child finds out, that child has to question themselves their entire life, thinking, am I, some, am I going to be a sick pervert too, like my father? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like my biological father? Well, and, and in cases such as this, a lot of times there are, you know, there are pills, there's like the morning after pill yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. So we're not talking about... Um, Pulling a child cells. out at 15 weeks. Yes, exactly. Which it's, is not a child. 
It's right. an, it's an embryo. It, yeah. So anyway, um, right. I think that... Did I go too far off the deep end with you on this one? Because I tend to get on my soapbox. Tell well, me how you feel, Ginger. Well, um, as far as uh, women's rights, I... I don't support the the trigger law that we have in effect right now in Missouri because it does not allow abortion even in cases of rape or incest and the woman has to be a medical emergency. She has to prove it. Right. And if a doctor cannot prove that it was a medical emergency, then they stand to be in prison for 5 to 15 years as well as lose their medical license. And so I, I have heard of um, a woman who had a miscarriage, but it didn't happen spontaneously. And so the doctor just told her that she's going to have to go home. And if it doesn't happen spontaneously, then, you know, once once she becomes sepsis, then and, you know, I don't know how high her fever has to be or, or what other criteria becomes a medical emergency. Um, but anyway, that they have to wait for documented um, medical emergency. And... I think it would be much easier to say that it's medically appropriate. Like in the case of ectopic pregnancies, Um, an ectopic pregnancy is never going to be viable. and It could kill the mother. Oh, yeah. And somebody had to tell Brian that. That made national Mm -hmm. news. Mm -hmm. Um, National news that somebody had to tell Missouri representative from District 156 what an ectopic pregnancy does. Right. Because he couldn't research it before he wrote the bill. Now... The thing about sepsis is there's no there's no timing of the clock that says, right. okay, we're going to wait. And when mm-hmm. your fever gets to 104, mm-hmm. when exactly. it's at 102, if we start our stopwatch, mm-hmm. you won't go septic until you're at 103.999. And at that point, we can assist you with your abortion. Mm-hmm. I mean, your DNC. Yeah. To finish your miscarriage. Right. There is no clock. Exactly. So it's just a big, fluffy guessing game. Mm-hmm. And the woman's life... Exactly. That's that's the, the issue. Is that And the thing of it is, she wanted that baby. Yes, absolutely. And it's the same thing with women. I'm hearing stories of women who just discover that they have cancer while they're pregnant. Mm-hmm. And the doctors will not prescribe the cancer medication to them because it'll kill the, the fetus. There are already stories of this. Mm -hmm. So you're going to let a woman suffer and maybe she will give birth or maybe the baby will be viable enough to take before she gets to stage four cancer? Before Mm -hmm. you can... Right. I just... Just appalled. Well... I was encouraged when um, I know that House Minority Leader Crystal Quaid, prior to the special session, had asked Governor Parson if they could clarify what was meant by the trigger law. Through a special session. Yeah, during the special session, because it has to be the agenda for which he called the the special session. And I I think he didn't respond. But but there's a lot of gray areas right now where women's health care is being compromised and you know, women stand to um, become gravely ill if not die because of these decisions and the way things are right now with the, the trigger bill that has been um, passed in Missouri. There are, I hear so many, you know, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, which somehow gave me the um, encouragement to think that I could do one myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I mean, there's just so many stories about how one race thinks that they are going to be the minority 
So they want to encourage as many pregnancies as they can get. Oh my, uh, yeah, I hadn't heard that. You have not? Okay. No. Well, yeah, it's out okay. there. So um, my question would be, how can you <laughs> encourage pregnancy if you're going to kill the woman that has to create the child? Mm-hmm. I don't. Right. I don't. I, th- I think it's a, I think, I don't, I think every woman in America has sat down and said, what, what in the world are you people thinking? Why? And they try to justify it. So they try to think of why somebody would come up with this ruling, like Missouri's trigger law. Mm-hmm. And there, what, there isn't, there isn't a justifiable reason why anyone would want to punish a woman that way. Well, I think that the the intent behind it is to protect the unborn, but I don't think it doesn't seem like there was a lot of thought given to the the repercussions, which the the woman is the one that's being asked to bear the child, and um, when her life is in danger, then that's when it becomes a real issue. Um, or in cases of rape or incest, uh, I'm not sure why there were not. Um, exceptions allowed for that already, but I I do think that the majority of Amer- of Missourians even would would want that. So Missouri's trigger law, you know, is is just devastating to women. And then Missouri also, prior to the trigger trigger law, they have handcuffed our public school system. I mean, that's the only way I can come up with it as far as educating these children that we're supposed to bring into this world, right? Um, exactly what were you, what did you mean by that? Well, I'm just trying to figure this out. I mean, Missouri has dropped the corporate income tax, which takes less money into Missouri to mm-hmm. fund Missouri. Yes. Services. Services. Mm-hmm. Public schools. Mm-hmm. So Missouri drops funding for public schools, which is there to educate the masses of Missouri, mm-hmm. the majority of the students of Missouri. Mm-hmm. Missouri takes away the women's right to whether or not she's going to have a pregnancy because they're also going after birth control. But um, I don't. I just. I don't. I don't get where we're going with this. I just. I see poverty. I see third world country everywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be doom and gloom. Tell me if you want me to cut that mm-hmm. out. Let's get off of this topic. Okay. Let's talk about the gun thing, and then let's talk about what you want to do when you get elected. What are the main things that you want to focus on? Okay, so we've talked about women's rights and the trigger law, and we've talked about the public school. These are big ticket items in mm-hmm. Missouri. We've talked about the tax cut that's supposed to. In the tax cut, we didn't really talk about how much it's going to affect somebody that makes $40,000 a year. They might get $200 tax break. Maybe. Yeah. Somebody that, that makes $500,000 a year will get something like a $6,000 tax break. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's not going to trickle down to rural Missouri, which right. is a lot of Taney County. Mm-hmm. Yes? Yes. So we've talked about those two hot button issues. Um, we've talked about the schools, the taxes, the women's rights. and Right. There was one thing, though, on women's rights that um, I, I don't think I made my point. You know, I, I do support a woman's right 
um, to make her own health care decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm certainly not pro-abortion. Um, and I, I heard a statistic just recently that 61% of women who choose abortion are already mothers. And so I think that this actually adds a little more credibility. What my idea is that I would like to look into the cost of a statewide adoption agency um, to empower women to choose adoption. Because I think many times, you know, with an adoption agency, you have to go to an adoption agency and then you look at all the families and stuff. And you actually can do it online, but I was looking in many of those, there's there's a great expense involved. And I think that that we need to look at the possibility of trying to help our, our Missouri um, families who would like to adopt, but there are just not enough babies to be adopted. Missouri has over 12,000 children in the foster care system well, right now. Well, that's going to be my, my second phase of the adoption for, for mothers that maybe are certainly pro-life, but they, they just feel that they have no other option. They already have two children, they're pregnant with a third, and they don't see any other way out. And I think that we need to, they need to be able to sit at home on their phone or their computer and say, oh, look, here's a lovely couple in St. Joseph, Missouri. And they contact the couple, they decide. And so by the time she's showing, she can say, hey, and they're saying, well, you're having a third baby. And it's like, no, I'm carrying this baby for this couple in St. Joseph, Missouri. They're going to raise it. They're blah, 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 and all of that. And I think that we that helps our our um, our mothers who, who are pro-life. And it also um, helps our our families who would like to grow their family that way. And then also as part of an adoption agency, I think that we need to look at helping our our, our children in foster care. Um, I didn't realize, I thought, oh, there might be 40 people, 40 um, kids in foster care in Taney County, and there are actually over 400. So, or approximately 400. And I, I think that that's, that's very sad and these children don't have the stability that, that that we want and that we wish for them. And so I think that if we had our own, you know, really a statewide adoption agency, then hopefully we could facilitate more adoptions from foster care. And Well, we the, just cut taxes. Who's going to pay for that? So, well, exactly. But I think that there would be some savings by moving them out of the foster care system, you know, by being adopted into mm-hmm. a household. Okay. I don't want to disprove anything that you said. I just want to shine a different view on okay. it, a different take on uh-huh. it. The first people that are going to be pissed off, sorry, language, about this whole thing is the corporations that says, I have a working mother here that I have to give her 12 weeks of paid family medical leave mm-hmm. to have this baby for somebody up in St. Joseph that wanted a baby. Who's going to... T- who's going to Who's going to cover my cost? Why do I have to pay for that couple to have a baby? Well, I think that then that's where it becomes, you know, are we a Because we have, we have Hobby Lobby who sued the United States government because they did not want to pay premiums for health insurance for birth control for their workers because it was against their religious rights. Mm-hmm. They sued. They won. They decided that they, their company is a person and that because their religious views... They do not want to pay premiums for their workers to get birth control. So we've already got that. So are we going to have Hobby Lobby come out and say, um, no, I don't want to pay FMLA because she wants to take off FMLA leave. She's going to go adopt this little baby out of St. Louis. And maybe I don't like that baby out of St. Louis. And I don't want to pay her wages for FMLA to cover her for her adoption. 
Because that's covered under FMLA. Right. And there are certainly a, a lot of the issues, and that's why I'm not saying that we absolutely need to do this, because as you said, I would want to look at just see, you know, the cost of this and versus the benefits. But I think that if we would like to be known as a pro-life state, then I think that this is one way to show that, that we all agree that the that women who don't want to to have an abortion to give them more options and to feel like and then also to you know embrace them and support them and so that it's not you know it's not something to be hidden i mean that she's doing a, a huge service and by providing uh, you know going ahead and having this baby for this this couple that's wanting to expand their family or if they were unable to have children, whatever. But I think that, that we need to try to look at ways to, I think that we as Missouri can be known as pro-life if we truly support everyone's life, um, the, you know, the, the baby's life. But I think we also need to support the mother's life. And, and that's why I do think that women who are victims of, of rape or incest, that they should have a choice. And I'm certainly not saying that everyone you know, you're certainly not going to force them to have an abortion, but I think that they should be able to choose what's right for them. As I think that our, as far as um, a medical emergency, I, I started to say this a while ago and we got off track, but um, Governor Parson said that he believes that that choice is between a woman and her doctor and that we didn't need to have a special session to deal with it. And so it sounds like that the governor is on the, the same wavelength as many of us, but yet that's not the way the laws are written. And that's where where the problem lies, that these decisions are not between a woman and, and her doctor, but rather the 197 um, legislators that we have, 163 in the U.S. House, or in the Missouri House, and I believe 34. So I wasn't Senators. aware of this until oh, probably after the trigger law came out, that. I was told that all doctors list all DNCs, all miscarriages that they have to assist with. They list them as abortions. So when you, not just you, when people bring out a fact and they say 60% of the women, blah, 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 have abortions, are mothers. Oh, uh-huh. They could have been having a miscarriage. Okay. And it's listed as an abortion. Okay. So we I didn't really know that. So anyway, as I said, it was just. And I'm not a attacking. I'm not oh no, that's fine. I mean, it was just a, a a fact that I heard that, you know, sixty percent of women who have abortions have al- are already mothers, and so, um, and but that just made me think because I'd already thought that I think that there are a lot of women who may already have you know two or three kids, and they think I just can't afford another one, and. And but they are certainly don't wouldn't normally support abortion, but they feel they don't have a choice, and I just want to give them a choice, and to so that they if if that goes against their their personal beliefs, then yes, they can do that, and that we as a society can embrace them, and and honor them for making the greatest gift at all um, to give life to you know a, a baby that's going to grow up in a loving home that's where they're loved and respected and. They appeal to doctors and all health professionals, quote, to start using the word miscarriage rather than abortion for a spontaneous pregnancy loss after 21, before 21 weeks of pregnancy. That's, that's, they appealed because they are listed as. I was shocked when I read the paperwork after my first miscarriage. It stated the, di- the diagnosis was a missed abortion. Hmm. So the doctors list them as abortions. 
because your body is aborting mm-hmm. hmm. the I fetus. Didn't that. Yeah. So when people, that's you know, I. It's such a disservice because for years, I, I've said this before on a prior um, podcast. I was ten years old when Roe v. Wade was decided. So mm-hmm. I've grown up. First of all, I grew up not knowing about abortion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then um, the older I got and the more I got into voting and listening to politics, it's like, Democrats eat babies, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, then I started paying attention to this attack on abortions. And it, the, the, the statistics are so miscued. I can remember driving out toward um, Mountain Grove and there's a huge billboard I don't know if it's still up there now or not but there's this picture of a pregnant woman on this huge billboard on the side of the road mm-hmm. and then this little blonde haired blue eyed baby mm-hmm. and then this message was something to the effect of how can you kill her well um, this little blonde haired blue eyed baby is not in that mother's womb you know what's in that mother's womb is a fetus it's not mm-hmm. a blonde haired blue eyed baby and that makes okay. a big difference. So that's how I see how things get misconstrued mm-hmm. to the public. It's like, oh my gosh, they're killing these babies. Well, and, and I think that... And then when you take into the fact that... And I just learned this in the last couple of years, that doctors report miscarriages as abortions because your body's aborting that baby for whatever reason. For whatever reason, my cow last year aborted her calf, and mm-hmm. she walked around that pasture screaming for a week, bawling her head off, looking for that baby. It was her first calf. She wasn't. She was barely five months pregnant, and for whatever reason, maybe she ate something wrong. Maybe there was something wrong with the calf. Mm-hmm. She aborted it, mm-hmm. and she just was devastated. Mm-hmm. And women are devastated when this happens to them. I don't think my brother. He's like. So you believe that women can just go into the doctor and labor and decide that they don't want the baby so the doctor can just kill it? No. I don't know who's telling you this stuff. That's not what happens. Well, I do think that there's uh, we have done a, a poor job of, of public relations or even just of adequately explaining our position on on you know, a woman's right to choose, because I don't think that anyone supports a woman just saying, oh, didn't get the nursery finished, so I think we'll just have an yeah. abortion instead of a baby. Um, and and I don't support that. Um, I don't think any woman would ever do that. Exactly. I don't either. But unfortunately, I think that that's the, the narrative that's being presented sometimes. And so we need, we need to move away to, you know, logistically what we're really talking about. And, you know... Um, in cases of, of rape or incest, many times there's, as I said, I think there's like a morning after pill. Yes. Um, they may choose, you know, I mean, I don't know, I'm not a physician, but um, with a, uh, a medical doctor may choose that um, to not just automatically give it to a, a girl who was like 10 or something, because quite honestly, they may not know what has happened, um, like in cases of incest or something, until until a pregnancy really truly has been established and then it becomes a little bit more um, more tricky if i'm not mistaken that little girl that had to go to where did she have to go iowa or was it she had to leave iowa to indiana mm-hmm. one or the yeah. other vice versa like that. mm-hmm. um that's what was they just gave her the pill oh okay if i'm not mistaken okay mm-hmm. so she was in early pregnancy yes 
I think, um, but it was ridiculous. She had to travel out of state for that. Mm-hmm. That's just ridiculous. That poor child. Well, and I also see this in, in many respects as a war on our healthcare providers because, you know, they, um, for them to just do, you know, what they've been trained to do, many times they, they're risking their whole career, their license, you know, and jail time, five well, to 15 years. People are saying that colleges are now not even going to teach how to perform an abortion. So, like, if you have a miscarriage and you need a DNC, they're not even going to be training doctors how to perform that because it's too risky. Hmm. I don't know. But going back to um, foster care, there was a couple of things that I wanted to touch on. And a lot of, I have a coworker that has a house full of foster children. Mm -hmm. I want to say six or seven. Oh, okay. Which... I don't want to be doom and gloom all the time, but I'm just going to tell you yes. my experience. And and I know of another person that did this as well. I mean, he was excited at work, sharing that he was getting something like a twelve thousand dollar earned income credit off of these foster children. Oh my! Mm-hmm. So he was quite excited about that, yeah. and they then took a trip to Cancun. So there's that issue. And one of the other things that he would discuss was the ADHD and the. Um, the children that were born with alcohol syndrome and drug mm-hmm. drugs in the system. Yeah. And a lot of that is comes down to poverty. So when you have these women who are in poverty, mm-hmm. whether they are teenagers or young mothers or whatever, they're more susceptible to falling into this trap of drugs and alcohol through mm-hmm. depression. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to affect their child. Well, mm-hmm. let's say that they think that they're doing the, that they want to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Let's say they want to do the right thing and give birth to this child because there's somebody that will adopt it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But they had this little spell. They tried to stay clean the whole time. Mm-hmm. They just couldn't do it. They mm-hmm. fell off the wagon. And they went on a drunk binge for, let's say, three or four weeks. Uh-huh. That effect on that child is going to decrease the chances of that child getting adopted. It may. Um, I lived and taught in Barrow, Alaska for three years. Yeah. And I had students that were um, had fetal alcohol syndrome or fetal alcohol effects. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it does affect their, their learning. Of course, fetal alcohol um, syndrome is worse than just the fetal alcohol effects, but I know that it it, it certainly is real. Um, and but that's um, another I don't issue. want to discourage. I'm sorry, I interrupted mm-hmm. you again. I'm so sorry, Ginger. Oh, You're gonna hate okay. me. I don't want to discourage you. I'm just trying to look at all sides of the coin because mm-hmm. there isn't a cookie cutter. Right. There isn't a cookie cutter situation to a woman having a baby. You don't just get pregnant and then. Boom! Everything is perfect. Mm-hmm. You don't, and right? So there's all these facets that affect not only the mother, but the child, mm-hmm. and then all these—it just layers. There's just layers. Mm-hmm. So there's no real, you. There's no. I, that's why I'm so frustrated with this cookie cutter thing. No, no, no. Life is a conception. End of story. Period. Mm-hmm. Right, and and there are you know certainly instances where um, you know the, the family's been told that the um, the fetus has 
anomalies and is will not live. And some women may say, hey, I don't care. I'm I'm going to continue with this pregnancy. But if a woman wants to say, listen, I can't I can't do this as Every stranger comes up and asks me about the baby. I don't want to tell each one, well, it's going to die within you know two hours of birth. Um, then I, I think that we need to be able to respect both of their their wishes, and so that that is why I support a woman's right to make her own health care decisions. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry if I got a little on my soapbox about that. <laughs> so <laughs> I was my- out. This morning I woke up, last night I was out with my little 380. I just have a little 380. I'm looking at getting a um, 18 gauge shotgun. Oh, And I know that it's a hot topic with the Second Amendment right. I don't have a muzzle yet. One of those Mm -hmm. muzzles from the 1700s. Uh But I'm looking at an 18 gauge shotgun. This morning I woke up and I thought, oh, I need to check and see if deer season's open because I was hearing the shots go off everywhere this morning so it must be deer season already. What are your thoughts on the um, Second Amendment? Well I support the Second Amendment. You know growing up in Taney County my father hunted, my brother hunted, my brother-in-law's hunt, my nephew's hunt. So anyway so I'm a a firm believer that that guns are a part of our part of our constitutional rights so I'm absolutely not not suggesting that we take away those. I do think that um, things have changed, and you know we've seen. Um, well, it was a 19-year-old mentally ill shooter in Sandy Hook that shot and killed his mother, and then went to Sandy Hook Elementary and killed 26-year-old children. Um, Uvalde was the same thing. Yes, he shot I, his grandmother. Yeah, I'm not sure that she died, but anyway, no, he she lived. Shot. She lived, but yeah, and he was 18. And but then there was the the shooting at a grocery store in um, Texas, New York, I think. Okay. Um, oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, no. The guy just, drove from out of state for that one, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. For just and that was within the last six months. Um, and then we probably all remember the the shooting in Las Vegas at a oh, concert. Yes, Someone was out inside. Horrific. Of, yes. So I think. But that, he was older. Yeah, and he was. He was. Wasn't he forties or fifties? Yes, I think so. So it's not an eighteen-year-old problem. No, but I I think that just to keep everyone safe, I think that we need to see, um, uh, you know, to study this more and to maybe be open that there might be red flag warnings. And um, some people said that they're not for that, but if you knew. Um, you're you have a, a teen who's in high school and the teen comes to you and says wow you know John Doe is really uh, weird he always talks about killing stuff he draws pictures of guns and he he's counting down the days until he's 18 and he's saving his money he's gonna go buy an AR-15 and he's always talking about killing animals and um, you know the any stray cats he can find and he does all these um, weird things, and he's just really a scary guy. Um, how would you feel about that? And you know that, you know, as of say October fifth, that he's going to be eighteen. He's buying a gun, and he continues to be really odd and weird. Would you? Do you think that nothing should be done? I'm not saying that that necessarily the the child should be removed or anything like that. But I just think that we need to have maybe like. Um, a hotline where tips could be at least investigated because usually most Don't of we these... have a tip line and perhaps it's just not utilized as much or advertised yeah that would be something we could look into right 
And I, but I think that, but we need to be aware that we, we do have a responsibility to keep our citizens safe. And, and certainly with someone that has had um, mental health issues that um, with depression or maybe um, anger management issues and stuff, that um, maybe they're not the best candidate to, to own a gun. But there's, there's so many details with that that I, I certainly don't feel comfortable saying that, um, that I support legislation to ban the ownership of guns for those people. But I think that there's a lot more um, investigation that we need to do because I think that we all need to feel safe and that we need to feel that our children are safe when we send them to public schools and that we are safe when we go to a grocery store or that we're safe when we go to a concert. And so I, th I think that there's um, a lot of stuff that we need to look at, but I certainly never support uh, taking away our Second Amendment. The thing that, you know, we talked about the 50, 40 or 50-year-old from the Las Vegas shooting. Uh -huh. The thing that I wanted to go back on, when they start talking about 18 and 19-year-olds and trying to ban their access to guns, did that go through? Did they say it has to, they have to be 21 now to buy a gun? I don't remember. They were f pushing for that. Mm -hmm. But I have always been told that a child doesn't really mature until they're like 25. Right. Their brain does not mentally mature until mm -hmm. they're at least 25. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something that I, I don't think, and I don't think mental health goes away as quickly as people think. Two days ago, on September 29th, 205 Republicans voted against a bill to expand school mental health services. That was just two days ago. Wow. And we've been talking about, you know, Republicans have been saying, Democrats are coming after our guns. They just want to take all your guns away. Oh my gosh, you won't be safe. They want to take your guns away. For That has been an NRA, NRA talking point for at least the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. So we just now get to where People cannot take these school shootings or mass killings anymore, whether it's a disco, a grocery store, a concert, mm -hmm. a high school. Mm -hmm. They just can't take it anymore. We need to do something. So now the new mantra is mental health. And then we just, two days ago, September 29th, 2022, is that two days ago? Three days mm -hmm. ago? Um, 205 Republicans voted against a bill to expand mental health in schools, in our high schools. I don't get how people are not connecting these dots. Right. Do, am I off? No, I, I agree. Am I off the rail on this? No, um, you know, I, I do support certainly increased funding for, for mental health services. My thing is, is that I don't think, I mean, you, God bless you, yes, we need more mental health in schools. Mm -hmm. We just do. Mm -hmm. Children live in poverty. They're not getting the right nutritional value into their system. That mm -hmm. affects your brain. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, it does. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the situation is. If they are in poverty, that's a lot of stress on the family. They're taking mm -hmm. that to school. Mm -hmm. They have all this pent-up stuff. I'm in poverty. I can't get the new sneakers that she's got or he's got. They feel put down. That's mental stress. There's so much mental stress. Mm -hmm. So... God bless that child made it through school and didn't shoot anybody. But he's still carrying around that stress. Mm -hmm. And not only is he carrying around that stress, but he's still trying to figure out, am I going to college or getting a job or trade school? Mm -hmm. And then what am I going to do? And how am I? It's just layering up. It's not going away, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. 
And I think we're not addressing that. If you want to blame shootings on mental health, then we need to buckle down and get down on the mental health, right? Oh yeah, I think that we need to provide you know easy access to services, um, and there as a so Missouri just cut taxes, so we can't even fund it. Right. Yeah. We can't even fund it in Missouri. What is the message that these people are getting out to us? Right. It's there are no easy answers to that. Well, and I think that you know some people say that we shouldn't ban guns because then only the bad guys will have guns and you know quite honestly I I agree with that and so that's why I'm not for for banning guns because that, I think they're exactly right we we all know that the bad guys will still find the guns well but not I just guns we, but knives and bows and right right the bad so, guys going to find what the bad guys going to find yes exactly and so I but I do think that we need to try to keep everyone safe and so that's why most people that are that are going to kill lots of people are obviously having a mental health crisis. The thing that I just don't understand that I'm tr- that I'm trying to say, but I'm not putting it together well, I understand that, is that if the NRA is saying, you know, Democrats just want to take away all your guns, and they've been saying that for 20 years, and now they can't say that anymore mm-hmm. because everybody's getting fed up with the mass shootings. Mm-hmm. And so now the NRA and the Republican Party are saying that it's mental health issues. Democrats are saying it's mental health issues, too. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. It is a mental health issue. Yes. We just talked about that. Right. So we have established that there's a mental health crisis in our country, mm-hmm. and 205 Republicans just voted against funding for mental health. Mm-hmm. And in the same breath as them voting for that, they're going to turn around and cry that we're coming after their there are guns. I, I mean, I, how do you get the message across that we're running out of time? How do you get yeah. the message across that, that that their message isn't marrying up? Right. Right. They're saying, do as I say, not as I do, I mm-hmm. guess, is yeah. a better way to put yeah, it. Yeah, it seems like What it. are some other issues that we need to talk about? We've got about 10 minutes left. We've just gone off on our soapbox a lot. I am so sorry, Ginger. To- do you feel like this podcast is sort of negative? in any way because we talked about a lot of hot button issues um well we've yeah. talked about some pretty heavy issues that affect us in here mm-hmm. in missouri but mm-hmm. do you feel like it's negative anyway i think maybe the overall feeling might be somewhat negative um i don't think think that was the intent but i could see how someone might come up with that me personally i mean it's my podcast you're right but, and I just try to talk to candidates uh-huh. to find out more about them and to help share their message. Mm-hmm. But the topics that we talked about are not positive topics. Yeah, they exactly. are, and, and it's not that we went looking for these topics. We didn't right. dig out an old encyclopedia or old newspapers and say, well, let's talk about... These right. are hot topics right. that are what's in, going on. Yeah. in the news yeah. today, that mm-hmm. is in the society today. So right. we're not going looking for them right. they're kind of in our face and we're just mm-hmm. we are just two women sitting down trying to talk about mm-hmm. our thoughts on these issues mm-hmm. so it's not really a negative yeah. it's just sometimes life throws you lemons right and we're trying that's to true. make lemonade out of it mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. i mean that's where i'm coming from on this yes so now your your opponent his wife was kind of ill wasn't she she has stage four breast cancer. She does. Yes, that has, I believe metastasized to her lungs. Oh my word! That yeah, I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, and I certainly keep her. That's horrible. Prayers. Yes. Yeah, it is horrible. 
And we were talking about cancer earlier. Well, we can put her in our prayers. Yes. Because, I mean, she's got the battle of her life going on right now, doesn't she? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, that's terrible. For anybody, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, we have Valerie in our prayers. What are, I mean, we have to also stay focused on what's going on and where we're going. Mm-hmm. And we can pray for her while we're doing this. And she does need our prayers for that. In my opinion. Oh, absolutely. But what are some things that you would like to see? What what vision would you like to have for Missouri in the next two years? Where do you think we need to go? Well, I, you know, with the, the cuts to the budget, um, with reducing income taxes on um, the average citizen, it sounds like a great idea. and. And I understand why the governor went in this direction because it looks like we have a budget surplus, but we have to remember the infusion of all of the stimulus checks that we've had. So people have had, I don't know, probably three to four thousand dollars extra over the last two years uh, for many people. Now some people unfortunately lost their their jobs during COVID, and so you know the the three or four thousand dollars in stimulus checks was just simply to survive. I mean they got some special unemployment benefits some right, of them but some, some of them, them. yeah and so, so there's been that's not to negate that right. the situation at all it's just right but there um there was there was an infusion of money into our economy and hopefully it's sustainable and and we, we won't regret having made these cuts um but i think that it's something that that we kind of need to see how the budget's going to go um, before we um, do a lot more. I'm not sure when the um, the tax breaks are supposed to take place. I, I don't. Yeah, know I couldn't find it. They said over the next few years. Okay. I think they said. But it sounds good on paper. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds good to come might, out and say right before election that you're getting a tax break. Right, and I think that it might have been better if it was tied to, you know, um, something so that you know if we meet these um, monetary goals. Um, well, I think Crystal then, tried to get that worded in there. Right. I don't think since we're in the minority, I don't think that went. I'm not sure. I haven't talked to Crystal lately. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got to change the subject because we're running out of time. We have one minute left. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, the My Pillow guy came to Springfield. Oh, okay. What was it? First uh, of September. Oh, uh huh. Mike Lindell. Okay. Had a big rally that was by invite only. Oh, okay. He's coming to Branson. Yeah, I remember you sent something about that in November. Mm-hmm. Do you know if it's by email invite only or if it's open to everybody? And if it's open to everybody, will you go? Well, I haven't. I, I don't know anything about it, like when it is or where it is or anything. So. Yeah, because it just says the end of November. Oh, the end of November. That's after the election. Why would he come down after the election? I don't know. So. Let me see what it says. Um... In November, not the end of November. It's oh. in November, so it could be like November 1st. Okay. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Ginger, I know you're tired because you traveled all the way to Joplin mm-hmm. to attend a late night yes. dinner with 
the Eleanor Roosevelt Days yeah. event. Yep. And then you drove all the way back to Springfield to meet with me. Yeah. And I kind of hit you with all these hot issues right off the top. I'm apologize for that. That's all right. Is there anything else you want to tell your voters other than vote on November 8th? Right. And um, some people that I am seeing that are a little bit reluctant to vote for a Democrat and they, they've um, expressed that uh, they would like to, but they're still reluctant. And I just want to remind them that when they vote, they, they don't have to tell anyone who they voted for. Listen, are you planning, when you get elected, will you have town halls? Yeah, I would like to know what um, uh, what my constituents are thinking so that I can best represent them. Another thing that I wanted to ask you, because this frustrates the bananas out of me, is that when a person gets elected to office, and I know this because I'm a postal worker, mm -hmm. they will mail quarterly letters to their party mm -hmm. in that district, but they don't mail them to everybody. Personally, I think that should be against the law. If you're a representative, oh, wow. if you're elected to represent your camp, your district, you should you should be mailing this to everybody in your district because oh, yeah, everybody absolutely. in your district is paying taxes for your salary. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't so, realize that. Is that something that you would look into? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because I certainly would want to mail it to everyone because I I would appreciate feedback from everyone. Have you ever read? Have you ever received anything from Brian? No. Um, just at the end of the year, there was a state directory. Mm -hmm, just a state directory, but mm -hmm. you don't get the little quarterly letters that uh, tell you. I don't think so. Hmm. No, I didn't. I didn't realize there were quarterly. I letters. don't think a lot of Missouri taxpayers realize that. I didn't realize that. I try to remember to ask everybody that I interview about that because I think that's something that needs to be looked at. Oh, I. Do. If you're a Missouri taxpayer, you deserve to know what's going on in, right. in, in your capital. No matter what party. Yeah, no matter to. what party. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you don't. Belong I know to that, any party. that's what I'm finding that a lot of people say that they don't really uh, that they're independent voters. I'm a big Amtrak fan, and mm -hmm. I just want so bad for an Amtrak to come down to Southwest Missouri. Oh yeah, that'd be great. I don't understand why we can't loop it down through here. I don't know if we could get it down to Branson. Oh. But we could at least good. get it to Springfield. Mm-hmm. Um, say if you got elected to office, would that be something you're favorable for? Yeah, I mean, I would certainly be willing to look into it and see. I, since it's um, it interstate, it would probably be a federal issue. Is and, it a federal? Well, because it, it travels interstate, so all, all things that are interstate are federal. Because Amtrak doesn't just, I mean, it, it goes in Missouri, but then it continues on through all the other states. Gotcha. Too. So I think that's the idea. So I need to talk to uh, Randy yeah. and Kristen. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Right. Thanks for that. Yep. That's what I think. Thanks for meeting with me. Yeah. Thank Is you. there anything else you want to put out there? November 8th, they'll be here before you know it. Yep. November the 5th um, is No Excuse Early Voting at the Taney County Courthouse. It's from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. So if you'd like to go, just go with your photo ID and government can, issued. Yes, your government issued photo ID, and then you can vote. And then you have two weeks early, no excuse voting. Right. That you can go into the clerk or request a mail-in ballot. So it's um, eight to four thirty, though. Are the time right now? Right now, absentee voting is open. 
and at the Taney County Courthouse, 8 to 4.30, Monday through Friday. But with a health excuse. Well, with or, an excuse. Yeah. Yeah, that you're going to be working or um, out of town, um, that you're a health care worker, first responder. Yeah. Yeah. But yes. um, October 25th is no excuse. Right, no excuse. And you can go into the county clerk's office and, and vote. Mm -hmm. So let's get that done. Right. Let's not wait till the last minute. Let's get on it. Yeah, that sounds good. That's what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Ginger. All right. Thank you very much, Cass. I certainly appreciate it. Okay. Until next time, best of luck. Thank you very much.